a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It is official. President Biden has announced that he is canceling $10,000, up to $20,000 for some. In student loans for many borrowers, 20000 for those uh, who also uh, had Pell Grant assistance along the way. He's also making major changes uh, to those monthly student loan payments and how that would be calculated and what expense would go out there. So the question is, what did the president say and what will this all mean for you, for the country? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we know the headlines of the day in terms of the president's announcement. I want to go to the president in his own words uh, for a couple of the things to lay out what he did in terms of this action. We'll talk about uh, the presidential authority to do this kind of action that even has some very progressive groups and uh, those on the left up in arms uh, about this announcement in terms of whether the president really ought to be doing this kind of thing through executive action as opposed to doing it through policy and through legislation. Uh, So let's start with the president's word today. He outlined the student loan cancellation and how that program, uh, beginning with the end of the student loan repayment pause uh, that was started under President Trump in the midst of the pandemic. Student loan payment pause is going to end. It's going to end December 30. I'm extending to December 31st, 2022, and it's going to end at that time. It's time for the payments to resume. So the president's saying, okay, all of the pauses that we had during the course of the pandemic, again, started under the Trump administration, continued under the Biden administration. There's been numerous extensions of that pause. President Biden saying that's going to end uh, come December 31st. So those who haven't been having to make those payments and that interest hasn't been accruing on those loans, uh, that uh, portion of the program will end at the end of this year. President Biden said the second thing uh, that he was going to do is the actual canceling of thousands in the student debt. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. In addition, students who come from low-income families, which allowed them to qualify to receive a Pell Grant, will have their debt reduced $20,000. So one of the interesting things to me there, if you heard the nuance of what the president said, he he uh, invoked a little portion of what Congress may have said uh, grants the executive branch authority to do some of this forgiveness. Uh, as I mentioned, there have been a, a number of progressive groups 
who have questioned that as a strategy and as a constitutional uh, thing that the president should be able to do, that uh, uh, as the president goes down that path, uh, claiming that this was neither uh, good policy or good politics. And uh, one in particular, uh, Ben Ritz from the uh, Progressive Policy Institute, uh, said doing this by executive order is is really dangerous. So the program that the president cited uh, is a student loan program from back in 1965. And it did give the executive branch discretion to offer some targeted debt forgiveness uh, to borrowers facing very specific distress, such as those who had been defrauded. Uh, but none of those lawmakers back in 1965, I think, could imagine that a president would uh, take that authority uh, to the extent of giving tens of thousands of dollars, billions of dollars uh, in handouts to borrowers, regardless of that personal circumstance. Now, the president, of course, always comes back to the idea that, you know, only those making under one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. And I want you to think that through just a little bit. Uh, coming out of college, you could actually have a couple. If a couple uh, was married, filing jointly, uh, that means they could have up to $250,000. So if you have someone that's making $250,000 a year uh, and they can't make a $300 uh, student loan payment, uh, I think we have a whole other set of issues that are part of that problem. Uh, so... Okay, we'll dig into that just a, a little bit more as we go along. But to me, that's a, a real question to this. So, again, the, the president did uh, did make that point in terms of the wealthy not benefiting from this, but didn't get to the real specific specifics of who that actually is. Both of these targeted actions are for families who need it the most. Working and middle class people hit especially hard during the pandemic, making under one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year. You make more than that. You don't qualify. No high-income individual or high-income household on top of the 5% in the top 5% of incomes, by the way, will benefit from this action, period. The president went on to say that uh, they're going to fix the student loan program uh, itself. That's a a real issue that we often skirt on that. Uh, The president had this to say about the program itself. We're proposing to make what's called an income-driven repayment plan simple and fair. And here's how. No one with an undergraduate loan today or in the future, whether for community college or a four-year college, will have to pay more than 5% of their discretionary income to to repay their loan. That's income after you pay the necessities like housing, food, and the like. And after you pay your loan for 20 years, your obligation will be fulfilled if it hadn't already been fulfilled, meaning you won't have to pay any more. Uh, the president said that uh, the question was raised by many about uh, the fact that colleges are likely to increase uh, their costs. In fact, the president began by saying, look, the cost for higher education has tripled. Uh, I think that's an important question. Uh, should it have tripled? Uh, We definitely learned during the pandemic that you can do education in a lot of different ways, especially when it comes to higher education. Could it be done cheaper? Could it be done more effectively? Could it be more efficient uh, in that? Uh, But the president's reaction to the rising costs was simply to say, well, we'll go after the colleges that raise their prices. We're holding colleges accountable 
for jacking up costs without delivering value to students. We've all heard of those schools luring students with a promise of big paychecks when they graduate, only to watch these students be ripped off and left with mountains of debt. And my predecessors looked the other way, for some reason, with good reason, uh, to do anything about this fraud. My administration is taking it on. So I, I, I can't give the president a pass on that one because he conflated two very different issues. Uh, in that component. One is just the the raising of costs and the price of a college education. And then two was the second thing he talked about, and that was those that uh, are fraudulent, those that are making wild promises uh, that just cannot be fulfilled, that are enticing students to take on big debt, uh, to get degrees that aren't really going to help them in the end. Uh, those are two separate things. Uh, and yes, I think we need to have a truth in advertising process. We, we need a, a no before you go kind of model where students can really understand what is this going to cost and what is the likely return on investment of this cost over my lifetime earnings so they can make a better decision. I think that's one area. But then you have the other area of just the rising cost itself uh, and how much infrastructure do you need? How many professors do you need? All, all of the things that go into that, the cost of, of books and supplies and all of those things uh, that tend to be pretty wild and have been going up at an, at a rate higher than just about anything else in our society, including health care. Uh, and so that's part of the conversation. So we're going to stay with the question here. I think that's part of the challenge of this is we've got to stay with the question a little bit longer uh, and dig into what does this really mean? Uh, what are the the real downstream impacts of this cancellation of this much debt? What does it do? Uh, who does it help? Does it really help? There's some people, again, from surprising places who are saying, not so fast. This may not be what we think it is. We'll talk about it coming up next. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.